Good morning, and welcome to my podcast on Simple Faith. You know, this morning I woke up and I began to think about Simple Faith, the ministry that's been laid upon my heart. What makes it different from every other ministry that's out there? And I think the one thing that sticks out is that Simple Faith takes away our obligation and turns it into opportunity. It takes away the burden of having to do something and transforms it into the privilege of being able to do it. What that means simply is this, that while we are invited every day to meet with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we do so because we want to and not because we have to. I pray that this morning you want to meet with the Lord. You want to hear from Him. You want to fellowship with Him. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the opportunity to fellowship with you. Jesus has opened the door so that we might come in. We might sit at the feet of your throne and listen and learn through the infilling and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So I pray, Holy Spirit, open our hearts that we might receive the Word of God. Open our minds that we might understand that Word and how it applies to our lives today. And then open our lives that we would walk in obedience to the things that you show us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, turn with me to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. We're going to begin reading in the first verse, and it says this. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. In Athens, he ran into problems. He ran into opposition. Uh, He was asked to leave the area. And so he leaves and he goes into another major region in the Roman Empire. He goes to Corinth, Corinth being a place that was of great Uh, importance back then. It was a place where uh, there was a crossroads of trade and travel, but it was also a city that was notorious for its hedonism and immorality. In other words, it was known for people who were seeking pleasure and they were seeking sexual immorality. In fact, back in that day, Uh, To act like a Corinthian meant to practice fornication. And a Corinthian companion meant a prostitute. And this sexual immorality was permitted under the widely popular worship of of that day of Aphrodite, also known as Venus, Venus, the goddess of fertility and sexuality. And so Paul goes to this city And the first thing that he does is that he finds a certain Jew by the name of Aquila, who was born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, 
because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And he came to them, verse 3, So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation, they were tent makers. Notice here that even though Paul was a pastor, he was a teacher, he was a missionary, he was a proclaimer of the word of God, he did not take advantage of his position, but rather worked and supported himself so that he did not become a burden upon others and so that others might not say, well, we made you rich or we made you this or that. Verse 4, And he, Paul, reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Now, when we look at this passage here, when we look at the fourth verse and we see that word reason, we ought to think automatically. He dialogued with them. He discussed with them. And he debated with them who were in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Verse 5, When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. There is an overwhelming theme that is found in the book of Acts. One, it is God-based. Everything is based upon God's acts, God's doing, what God has done and will do in the lives of others. And the message had one point. Jesus is the Christ. That's what Paul preached. Day in, day out. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Christ who came, who suffered, who died for our sins. And this is the message that Paul's delivering to the people. Verse 6, but here again we're going to see a transition. Something's going to happen. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook off his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. In other words, Paul saying to them, You have rejected me, but more importantly, you have rejected the Christ that I represent. And this is important for us because, friends, when people reject God, when they reject the message, when they reject the testimony that we bring to them, they're not rejecting us. And if we are offended, we ought not to be offended because they've gone against us, but because they've gone against God. They've rejected Him. So Paul is saying in this passage, you may be rejecting God, but you are now being rejected yourselves. And so he shakes off the dust of his, of his garments and of his sandals to show them that they've been rejected. Verse 7, 
And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshiped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. Again, here we see that belief was followed by baptism. Baptism not meaning that they were saved by the baptism, but baptism meaning that they're showing an outward sign of an inward work of God in their lives. They're saying, I'm rejecting my former ways and I'm adapting, I'm accepting, I'm living in a new relationship. And that relationship is with Jesus, who is the Christ. Now, something important to notice here in this passage of Scripture is the fact that while Paul had rejected the Jews, had shaken the dust of the synagogue off of his garments and his sandals, he's still receptive to any Jew that's willing to come to him and to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. But his main mission now was to the Gentiles. Verse 9, Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Paul was more than a preacher. Paul was more than an evangelist. Paul was more than a missionary who came in to plant or establish churches. Paul was a builder of the church, meaning that he stayed in the area to ensure that the church was established. And so he stays with them for a year and six months. What is he doing? Teaching the Word of God. Verse 12. When... Gallio was proconsul of, Ac of Acacia. The Jews, with one accord, rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, This fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. In other words, they were saying, Paul's not following what we say he ought to follow. Paul's out there giving to people a new way, a new method, a new means for following God. And it just doesn't jive with our law. Verse 14, And when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked crimes, O Jews, there would be reason why I should bear with you. But if it is a question of words and names and your own law, look to it yourselves, for I do not want to be a judge of such matters. They were trying to take their religious disputes to the government, to the leaders of that day. And the governor, the man in charge, the proconsul, said the state is not going to interfere in religious matters. 
Paul did not have to give a defense for himself. For Gallio said, I'm not going to get involved in your issues. If it was something that had to do with Roman law, then I would be involved. If it was a matter of wicked crimes, I would be involved. But it's not. It's about your laws and about what matters to you. Verse 16. And he drove them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks took Sothenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. But Gallio took no notice of these things. Notice how the ones who wanted to, to bring about punishment were the ones who ended up being punished. And the same holds true today. There are those that want to persecute the church, those that want to persecute the, the Christian. But friends, in the end, they are the ones who are going to be punished. Should we relish in that fact? Should we desire for them to get what they deserve? No. What we ought to be doing is praying for them. That the same grace and mercy of God that fell upon us would also fall upon them. Let's pray. Father, thank you once again for your word. I thank you for men like Paul who show us how the mission is to be carried out, who are obedient to your word, who did not allow fear to disrupt their mission, but completed the things that you had sent them out to do. Speak to us. Lord, speak to us. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, friends, it's so good to be with you once again. I pray that you would do me a favor, that you would share this on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, however you best communicate uh, with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your co-workers. And until we meet again tomorrow, may God richly bless you. God bless. Thank you.